So, welcome to another episode of Let Me Say This. This is your host, Tony Kristen Walking House, and I got another guest. It's somebody new, uh, somebody's in the city, and I think y'all should hear from her. So, my guest tonight is going to be Martez Files. What's going on, Tony? What's up, man? Uh, Martez is a young buck, so we're going we're gonna to do a little talking about my favorite subject, racism. <laughs> but... Um, we're going to dig in. Once we come back from our first break, we will uh, talk a little bit about who he is and what he does. But I was on Facebook the other day. Actually, I've been trying to get in touch with you for about two months. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, we have some of the same friends, uh, a lot of a lot of common friends. And so I'm being a little bit more intentional on trying to reach out to people who I might have other things in common with because there are so many people that I don't. Uh, <laughs> so with that being said... You had a um, uh, thing about racial trauma, and um, if you've been listening to the podcast, I've been talking about a lot of things about racism, racial identity, um, and a lot of things that are around race. I've been doing a lot of like deep diving into like works, like I read um, "Between the World and Me" by Tony Hassel Coates, and I'm right now reading um, "While the Black Kids Sitting Together in the Cafeteria" by um, Beverly yeah, um, Beverly Tatum. So tell me a little about. Racial trauma and what did that look like? For sure. So I think when we think about, yeah. So when we think about racial trauma, a part of that conversation looks like how does racism, like as a system of domination, as a system of subjugation, how does it play out on black folks, right? So what does it do to our bodies, to our psyches, to our social cells, our economic cells? And so when we think about racial trauma, we're thinking about the holistic, right. like breaking down of bodies based off a system of racism. So, like, the way that white supremacy play out is that, you know, there are folks in our community who are etched off to a whole different side of the track, and they placed by toxic waste dumps, and they placed in areas with high pollution, et cetera. Then we're talking about folks who have been denied access to jobs and housing. Food like, deserts. Right. It's folks who live in perpetual food deserts, right, living uh, under what some folks call a, a food apartheid. Right? Mm, and so, mm, like... Mm. All of that stuff kind of creates this this uh, trauma inside of black bodies, and it, it actually has a negative effect on our health. Like, you know, our allostatic load goes up, cortisol levels go up, yep. all of that stress, etc. Et right? Yeah. And so, it literally, this racism can make you sick. It literally is killing us, right? So, I want to um, just for my, any of my non-black and non-woke black listeners. So I, was, I always wanted to start conversations about racism by defining what it is and what it's not. Racism is not white people, white people don't like me because I'm black. Right. Racism is white people don't like me because I'm black and they have a, a system of power. <laughs> a right? power. Right. That, so, so without that power, you know, you just low down. Right. right, but but when you got that power, you actually enacting violence on people's lives, right? So, what is the way that racism play out to enact violence on Black folks' lives? That's the conversation. Yeah, um, so 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 that's what racism looks like. So, racial trauma is how that plays out in our bodies. Absolutely, um, and we know that most diseases, especially like chronic diseases that we have, are exacerbated by 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 stress. Absolutely. So, in the conversation as it pertains to racial trauma. 
Uh, how does the, somebody know if they are experiencing racial trauma? I think for a lot of us who experience perpetual racial trauma, um, you'll see things like uh, them constantly being triggered, mm-hmm. them constantly being upset, uh, frustrated, outbursts, I think, um, sometimes not wanting to leave the house, social anxiety, all of that stuff plays out in, in, in strange ways. I mean, even sometimes like a, a, a complete and utter hatred of white folks, right, um, is, is one like um, kind of indicator that, that folks might be suffering under um, racial trauma. So... So the conversation that you had about that, I think it was a panel discussion that you, that you guys had. What were some of the things that y'all brought out in the panel discussion as it pertains to that type of trauma? Yeah, so uh, David Barnhart, um, my pastor, your pastor, <laughs> um, uh, has has been having a lot of conversations lately about um, just uh, r- like restorative justice, healing, like uh, ways to deal with that. And so I've 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 been learning a lot from David. So I, I listened to your podcast the other day, and that made me think about that. But the the panel that I was on recently, the racial trauma panel, um, really centered around this idea that uh, one we needed to figure out what safe communities look like for black folks mm-hmm. what does it mean for black folks to live in a, in a in a community and feel safe and secure and feel like they're not fighting for their life all the time so that's one piece and then the other piece was how do we build wholeness within ourselves right so we got a community level and then we also have a personal introspective inside level like so what what's that internal work that we got to do to heal and to recover right. and to be whole for our people and for ourselves right so what does that look like and so a lot of the conversation centered around that one question question in particular was uh what do you do uh with white folks like mm. like what so what do you do with them right <laughs> and i told folks absolutely nothing <laughs> i don't set my life out so i don't intentionally go into like you know there's a lot of a lot of us who be like you know i want to be in predominantly white spaces because i want to break down the walls and i want to i don't intentionally mm. go no damn well no. well i am not welcome where i'm not loved where i'm not affirmed we don't have to think about it though we don't have to intentionally do that because just our mere existence puts us in those situations being absolutely. being black in that country you know, in this country, it's it's amazing to me that for someone to want to put themselves in that space, for mm-hmm. one, it reeks of like foolishness and fuckery. Mm-hmm. The fact that we find ourselves in those spaces all the fucking time, like all the time, Teach. and 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 it can be triggering. I had an experience uh, last week when I was part of this group, and being the only black male who is HIV positive in that group. And have other people talk about a grant review committee, and they wanting they wanting community input. Mm-hmm. The majority of those people around the table were white. Mm-hmm. The majority of them were women. Mm-hmm. Not, hardly any of them were with HIV. Mm-hmm. So how the hell are you capable of informing mm-hmm. a grant mm-hmm. that affects people who are mostly minorities living with HIV? Absolutely. Like, how the fuck do you do that? So, you know, these folks who set up the panels, they become the experts. <laughs> they, they, you know, they the ones right. They giving money to themselves to study other folks. It's, 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 it's it's a, it's a cycle. I can't say that I I was triggered by that, and when I'm triggered, I I take action. But I did write the person who wrote who said that they said some other things that were very hurtful to me, mm. and I just kind of like got up and left. But I wrote them a very very eloquent mm-hmm. note about that experience, and they and I have to say they responded with as much humility and grace mm. as they should have. Mm. 
And I was like, Lord, don't let this reply be nothing crazy. Because <laughs> I'm going to pop off like you ain't never seen. But I'm going to kill an ant with a sledgehammer. <laughs> right, right. But the, but the response was, it, I'm a, I'm a person who's big on responsibility. Mm-hmm. Like, if I fuck up, I'm going to be the first one to tell you I'm fuck up. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to blame it on Martez. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to blame it on Ryan and Bobby, Rick, and Mike. It's I fucked up. Mm-hmm. And what I liked about the reply I got was, the person admitted that they mm-hmm. they failed, and right. and I'm and I'm okay with that. Right. But the problem with that is it happens too much. Mm-hmm. It happens too much. There should not in 2019, almost 2020, there should not still be spaces where we're the only black people. Uh, the other day they were um, talking about Montgomery having this first black mayor. Right. It's 29. Why the fuck are we still having first with black people attached listen, to it? Listen, Why the fuck? Listen, and then like often what we find is like the first black don't be about sh- don't be radical mm-hmm. worth a shit. I ain't finna transform <laughs> worth a damn. But or the first young black, but come that's on, but you know, okay, <laughs> but you know how I go, right? So you know how I go, and so I feel like often we we so invested in that first black da da da, and we see it as a as a mark on it, but really it's a it's a stain on this country. It is a stain. I, I think it, and you know, not to be too political, but. You know, well, uh, I thought this was the show for. <laughs> I thought that's what we came. I try not to be. I just try to set the facts straight. Mm-hmm. Like most of the things that I do, I'm always trying to set facts straight. Right. right. So, like you know, in addition to Kentucky having a, a, a Democratic governor, they mm-hmm. also have a Black Attorney General. Mm-hmm. And when I say black, I'm saying black with a little case B. Because mm, I can't get no credence to no black Republicans at come this on. point in time. Come on. At this point come in time, on. like how. How when you talk about racial, what you talking about racial trauma? Mm-hmm. Like you got to be traumatized like a motherfucker to be like in this damn to be in the same political party Sto- as Donald Trump. Stockholm syndrome for for you to be in the same political party as Donald Trump, you got to really be losing your. It's Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. Look at Jeff Sessions. You know, I hope po- po- <laughs> Jeffrey po- po- Beauregard, Jeffrey po- Beauregard, Beauregard session. Bruh, just that's really was like, Donald, I'm gonna suck your dick. You can net in my mouth, and that's okay, right? And you know, and I might not kiss you today, but I can be that. Right. What the hell? This man dogged him out, literally mm. dogged him out every step of well, the he way. Know he, he know he can't win without him, but that is their fault, oh, absolutely. That is the Republicans' fault that they, they are in this situation. Mm. I see white men lying on TV like I've never seen white men Ooh. lie in my life. Come on. Life. Come on. I'm 52 years old. Come on. I didn't seen some shit. I have never seen white men tuck their tail between their legs and literally like, thank you, sir, man. I have another. Come on. Because that's what Donald Trump is doing with them right now. Mm-hmm. But it is their fault. Absolutely. It started with the 2010 census and them gerrymandering mm-hmm. all those lines. Come and on. this is the manifestation of what you Come get. On. I love that you started with gerrymandering, right? Bruh. Yeah. That's the, that's the key. Because mm-hmm. I think often folks start with like, you know, uh, white folks rising up angry, uh, poor white folks rose up. No, no, y'all etched out a map and, and, and voter suppressed y'all way. They voter suppressed the way into power. Absolutely. You know, and that and that continues is is happening right now. And the sad part about it is, it has put them in a position where they literally can't say right from wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the saddest commentary on where we are is, right now as is, a country. It is scary. It, it's yeah, it's scary. <laughs> I did not want to talk about this, but like I was listening to NPR. <laughs> 
watched it on the way home, and they were talking about how Forty Five has like pardoned those war criminals, like serious ass war criminals, like mm-hmm. literally you just shot somebody for no good goddamn reason. Mm-hmm. And the problem that I had with this, I could see he him making one of them in the Secretary of Defense. <laughs> Have you, have you read? Have you uh, are you familiar with the Handmaid's Tale? I've I've seen like By, one or two episodes. Yeah, you need to read. Like no, I haven't read the, the book. Is actually the first season. Okay. Uh, the second book is actually I like it too, but the way that they get into this like a, a post apocalyptic society is these right wing concert. Listen to this now, walk lightly. These right wing conservatives uh, assassinate the president. Mm. They blow up Congress mm. and they execute the Supreme Court. Mm. Now we talking about things that they actually did. Look at the figurative narr- narration of what's going on mm-hmm. with us. Mm-hmm. The presidency is pretty much dead. Mm-hmm. Congress ain't worth two dead flies, mm-hmm. and the Supreme Court is goddamn a, a, mm-hmm. a, a jungle gym mm-hmm. when it comes to justice. Come on. So they were able to do that, and then they imposed this martial law in throughout the Constitution. So now this particular uh, country called Gilead is a um, monotheocratic kleptocracy. Mm. They are centered on this religion. Mm-hmm. They've stolen everything that they had, mm-hmm. even people's, even mm-hmm. women's reproductive organs. Mm-hmm. To perpetuate this, not this foolish. This is where we're headed. I, I, I see it. This is where Margaret Margaret mm-hmm. Atwood wrote that in 1985, mm. and she said when she wrote it, you know, this is just some pie and the ugly ass guy shit that I wrote. I never thought that this would happen. She said she woke up in 2016 like, goddamn, about no, this, this is I where mean, we're headed. We definitely have devolved, and I, and a lot of that is 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 literally directly tied to. Power and 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 resources and the way that communities are organized and yeah. structured, like it's yeah, it's real shit. But I I just I don't know I don't I don't I and I'm not very hopeful. We, we could talk about my lack of hope in the last section. <laughs> we talk about the Democratic primary, but I'm not very hopeful that we're going to get out of this anytime soon mm. because there are too many people who are turning a blind eye to the foolishness and fuckery mm-hmm. that that is this particular presidency. And I don't I don't know how they sleep at night. Mm-hmm. Like I really wonder how they actually lay down and sleep at night. Yeah, I mean it it for me, I mean as I've watched this process uh again devolve, it has been uh, a roller coaster like I've never seen. I've never seen uh, the kind of white bullshit, the lying, the cheating, the stealing, the hiding, the throwing rocks high in your hand. Like it is a mess. And Trump is, I mean, Trump got these folks by <laughs> by the ball. All of them. All of them. Scared. All of them scared. But the other thing that that bothers me about this and. You know, being black, being a black male, you know, we've always had to be better. Like, there is no middle of the road for us. You know, I'm in a position where I am because literally I was the best person to put in the position. Mm-hmm. It's not, well, Tony was black, so they gave, that ain't working. You know, that didn't even work on the affirmative action for real. That's what right. the narrative was. But, I mean, that never really worked for us. What bothers me is now the narrative that, 45 and 45 junior them are saying about well you know Hunter Biden didn't have any experience and what experience do you motherfuckers have 
Right. Like literally, his entire cabinet is one of the most inexperienced cabinets sure. that we've had in this country's For history sure. on the, the, the subject matters that they should be experts at. Right. Look at Ben Carson. You I remember I remember when we liked Ben Carson. Me too. When I, I was a little kid, I used to be <laughs> reading gifted hands and watching the movie. We just we all wanted to be Ben. I remember Brother Ben. I remember Nahi Uncle Ben. Nahi Uncle Tom. <laughs> Thomas Benjamin is this motherfucker. Uncle TJ is what we got called his ass. But I remember when, you know, we when Ben Carson was someone to look up to. Mm-hmm. And he is become well, maybe he already always, always was, was this person. Yeah. You know, but he is this person now where I'm like, don't don't say you black, don't bring your ass to the picnic. Right. We ain't got no use right. for you at this point. I think when we were younger, like it was just this idea of building cultural esteem. So just put anybody black in our face Not so now. that we can love them now. We looking at your ass. We trying to see where your politics <laughs> at. We trying to see where your money go. What you doing for the people? Like yeah. we ain't letting you slide no more. So yeah, I think that's real. So, so before we close this section out, let's one less. So going back to the subject, racial trauma. How do you propose people deal with that or work through it? Like, what yeah. does that look like? Yeah. So I think um, a, a one way that I've kind of thought thought about this, and I've thought about this a lot. One way that I've thought about this is that first, uh, without social systemic change, a lot of what we do on a personal and individual level is for naught. Mm-hmm. That's one. Mm-hmm. So t- we need to be fighting all type of institutions and, and, and beating down walls until right. shit change in our communities. But I think on a personal level, what you can do for yourself is seek out communities where there is love, where there is uh, compassion, and where there is understanding. You also need to be a- accountable. Uh, there's a scholar, Alexis Pauline Gum. She wrote a book, Revolutionary Mothering, but she talks about being a community accountable scholar, a community accountable teacher, a community. You got to be accountable to your people, right? right? So you don't show up in community and take, 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 take without giving. You don't exploit your people. So working very hard to make sure that you are giving back to the people who have given to you and also making sure that you're not putting yourself in social, political, or economic situations with folks who demoralize you, demean you, disrespect you, folks who don't see you as human, right? right? Who have dehumanized you for centuries. And so I think there is nothing to be gained by hopping out, going to a damn MAGA rally or the, or, or, or damn um, KKK rally trying to change hearts and minds. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> Fuck them. They know it's the day wrong you know. <laughs> Those MAGA, you, you know, I was trying to close out, but them fucking MAGA rallies get me. <laughs> and what kills me is like I wonder what has happened. They gotta be. They gotta be getting paid. I, yeah. Like Some of for them you are. for you to walk around with a blacks for Trump. Mm-hmm. Not even African American. Not even black people. You've been dehumanized to the point where you are just blacks. the blacks. The, the blacks. blacks. And I have a problem with that. Not like I really do. Uh, between diamond and silk, Candace Poe Poe diamond and silk. Stomp for Trump. Have you ever? Have you like when they first came out? I actually went back to the, their very first video that they mm-hmm. did. They looked totally different. They went to that Trump rally and got some money, mm-hmm. and everything about them the changed. The glow up, the, the glow up. Yeah, it's, but I, you had to sell your soul po, to po, do. Po diamond and silk. It's 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 a mess, and the mammification. Ooh. Lord have mercy. Like how, the ways that we mammify and tomify <laughs> black folks. Lord have mercy. Yeah, it's sad, it's sad. Look, okay, so we're going to go into our first break. 
And when we come back, we got some old bullshit to talk about. So we'll see y'all in a minute. Peace. <laughs> Do you have an active sex life? PrEP is a once-a-day pill that prevents HIV and is now available at the Livewell PrEP Clinic on the south side of the hub. PrEP is safe for men and women who have active sex lives and want to decrease their chances of contracting HIV. For more information about PrEP and the Livewell PrEP Clinic, call 205-324-9822 or go to www.gcpm.com and click on appointments. Or if you just need to get tested, call us. So, <laughs> all right. So, welcome back to let me say this. Um, so, Martez, um, tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me like something. Well, I don't know you, so tell me a little bit about yourself. I got you. So, I'm born and raised here in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, I graduated from Jackson Nolan High School in in Angela, Pratt City. Pratt City, straight out of Pratt. <laughs> um, my grandmother uh, lived in Pratt for forty years. Um, my dad was raised that he went to jail. My mama went to jail. Like, so it was a family of jail. Right, Lord. right. Um, I got an associate's degree from Lawson um, Community College in history education. I became a a, a GD tutor at the Firehouse Shelter. And uh, during that time, I started, uh, like, f- fighting for, like, sex workers and, and, and just, like, organizing and, like, doing just doing a lot of different organizing back then. And so I decided that I wanted to uh, go back to college and get a bachelor's degree. I went to UAB, got my bachelor's in history and African-American studies, um, did a lot of student organizing on campus, uh, left UAB and went to Brown University in Rhode Island and got my master's in teaching with an emphasis on social justice. And so, like, in, in Providence, I really saw, like, what it meant to kind of organize around issues, living in a blue state, um, right. seeing folks kind of fight for the things that they need and want. And so kind of learning new methods and tactics in the north. And then I came back home and I'm finishing my Ph.D. at UAB. Don't drop that crown. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So and, and been an activist and organizer in our community for a decade now doing a lot of work. So I was uh, I was at the forefront of some of uh, our biggest resistant protests. And then I was also one of the leaders of the uh, Ematic Fixer Gerald Bradford um, protests right. in Hoover. So, yeah. So okay, so so first of all, let me tell you this. I didn't, I did not know all of that about that with your academics, which I'm very, very proud of. How old are you, if you don't mind me? Twenty eight. Twenty eight. Still a baby. <laughs> uh, and 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 I'm and I'm happy about that because I don't. I see some of that. I don't see enough of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, working on your PhD, that is just some deep shit right. that you know that everybody needs to try to aspire to. I know everybody can't. But being 28, working on your PhD, being a black man in this fucking state is amazing and hats off to you and continued success. If, if I can be of any help to you on any level, Thank let me so know. Much. No, seriously, because no, we don't no. we don't embrace our, we don't embrace our ourselves like that um, enough. Right. Um, I, I work for AIDS Alabama and we were talking about Dom. I just hired him. A lot of people with my educational background would be intimidated by him would be intimidated by you y'all don't intimidate me because <laughs> uh, you know your shit i know you, my, and you, you, i you do in your community and you do your work oh yeah and, but you know it's one of those things where i think intimidation comes from fear of people taking stuff from you mm-hmm. and y'all are on a whole different track and i want y'all to take everything y'all need to take from me and everybody else to get to where you need to go Thank you, uh, but that's that's just amazing, like absolutely amazing. Like now, this is a whole different ball game. Like I don't know, I should know more PhD black PhDs, but you know, I know one. I know about four, but I should know twenty. 
<laughs> yeah, we out here. Yeah, yeah, we out here. Yeah, you are. You should. But anyway, so all right. So I'm glad you mentioned the uh, Emanta Bradford thing. So let me just say this: I'm just being totally honest about who I am. I am a casual observer and supporter of Black Lives Matter. Yeah, I have a lot of issues with the Black Lives Matter movement. One, I'm old school, and I don't like decentralized movements. Mm. I don't I I don't see the strategy and the tactic. Like mm-hmm. uh when you look at the civil rights movements of the sixties, there was a strategy and there was a tactic. Mm. Um I think the first time I saw a Black Lives Matter thing and it pissed me off, it was some Black Lives at um matter activists who were protesting Bernie and then they did Hillary or mm-hmm. reverse. Like I'm sitting there thinking, like, why are you biting the hand that feeds you? Mm. Like, if you're not going to be with them, who the fuck you going to be with? And so things like that bothered me about the movement. Uh, That and the fact that it's decentralized. Um, The other thing that bothered me, um, my friend Brian, we were talking about the real Rosa Parks story. Because Rosa Parks story has been... uh, Whitewashing water now. (laughs) No, what's the other word you used earlier? Glowed up? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's been glowed up. Because Rosa wasn't some defenseless woman who nah. was, uh, she was an activist. Yeah, Rosa this, was the shit. Right. It, and it was pretty much staged and planned mm-hmm. that way, as opposed to Claudette Calvin, mm-hmm. who was the Supreme Court case that went through. Right. Uh, but what I liked about my conversation with Brynn about that, I, you, I don't know if you know her now, but she'd be somebody you need to know. Brynn, well, she does uh, philosophy at UAB. Okay. I'll, I'll reach out to her. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, but, I heard you, uh, her, her on your podcast, and I was like, oh, she lit. Yeah, she is. She really is, but I like when she was talking about how you know the the Rosa Parks narrative sets a very high standard for Black people in activism. Like if you can't break down the whole system by yourself, then you're a failure. Mm-hmm. Because that's what we know of. Although that's not what happened, that's what the average person knows about the Rosa Parks mm-hmm. story. So even with the Trayvon Martin versus Mike Brown, like neither. One of those babies should have been killed. Right. But I don't put them on equal footing mm. uh, just because of the circumstances surrounding. Mm-hmm. Uh, neither, and I have to stress, neither one of them should have been killed. Right. But there was, to me, there was too much comparing of apples and oranges when, like, neither one of them need to be eaten, but there's still apples and there's still oranges. Right. So with the Hoover protest, I didn't really have a lot of problems with the Hoover protest. Um, it sells for some of the optics, mm-hmm. like uh, Frank and uh, your boy Carlos. Like mm-hmm. sometimes they just do too much, especially <laughs> Frank. Uh, and I think Carlos is really taking too much of Frank's mantle up. Uh, Frank is—he's not a person that I get along with at all. We have a long history of <laughs> problems, uh, and I think that Carlos could be a better activist if he would just kind of like stop being a showboat all the time. So being the fact that you were part of that protest, and I don't, I don't want you to talk about him, but talk about the protesting and what it means to you and what how do you go about getting your point across? Yeah. So I think, um, and you make good points, right, about centralized, decentralized movement, but I think there's a couple of things that have to be clear. 
um, the reason why um, movement work has evolved is because we have evolved. Like we have like technolo- like technological advances. Folks can organize online now. You can right. be you know you can be tied to folks in in, in Gambia, and y'all can all be fighting for the same cause. Now, right? I get Based that. off a of tweet. So I think so. That's some of like what makes this new kind of protesting and activism a little a little different. And, right. And and sometimes like um, like um, it, it seems disjointed. Because there's so many people doing so many things. But I think a part of what uh, Black Lives Matter, and, and, and I left Black Lives Matter December 2018, but a part of what, and I was one of the core leaders for a while, but a part of what Black Lives Matter. Oh, the Matter, second one or the first one? The second Black Lives Matter. Because the first one was homophobic as fuck. Let's, you know, I, I can't separate my blackness from my gayness, and I'm not right, going to. Right. So that and that was another one of my distasteful things about Black Lives Matter, especially right. Black Lives Matter Birmingham. Right. I mean, you got DeRay McKesson is like one of the 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 the, the starters, and then you get a homophobic chapter in fucking Birmingham, Alabama. Right. Anyway, I'm and, sorry. No, you're right, I, uh, and and that's a trend that we saw across the country, where like. Uh, Cause there were folks who Black Lives Matter is just a it's just a catchphrase. It's just right. a, you know it's just a a, a a hashtag. But I love it. And so, uh, but again, what happened was folks who have been organizing they just continue to under that mantle without adopting principles. So the national mm. network rose up with principles, 16 principles that had centralized at it, LGBTQ issues, you know, multi-generational issues, young folks, old folks, disability, all of that stuff was core to, to right. what they believed and what they fought for. And some of those, uh, what what they often refer to as road groups, those road groups <laughs> didn't necessarily represent. Uh, represent those principles. They were just organizers in their communities who were fighting for whatever they believed in. Right. And it wasn't um, rooted in principle struggle. I got that. So Black Lives Matter is about principle struggle. And so I'm not going to dog Black Lives Matter. I left because I I needed to care for me and I needed to care for my community in different and better ways. Right. But I think the work that they were doing is important and still important today. But as far as the Hoover protests... What folks don't know is that the Hoover protest was organized. I mean, organized to the T. I mean, there were meetings, there were uh, trainings, there was um, different arms, right? So we had an, uh, an arm that was fundraising and collecting funds to get the protesters out of jail. We had folks doing arrestable action training so that they could make sure that they were prepared to go to jail right. and what that meant, making sure that their record was clear. We worked with the National Lawyers Guild, so we had attorneys. Like, it was just a lot of stuff happening that folks don't see because the new Catches catches you in in a particular way, like the news catch you in the heat of the moment. Right, look, quick little sound bites, and people think you know they got a full understanding of what's happening. But what what actually happened was that uh, we got with uh, Ematic's mother and his father, and we wanted to create uh, a community of support for them, and we wanted them to feel nurtured and loved and valued. And so that was one arm. One arm was like making sure that that family was cared for. Right. So so we had people literally doing care work, making sure that his mama had food and, and, and checking on her. And then another piece was the resistance work um, as far as, you know, organizing and tactical training and, you know, where the protest will be, who will, who will, who will lead the protest. We had folks doing chants. We had Google feedback forms of what people could give and what they could do and right. what their talents were. So it was, it was a lot of stuff happening. And I feel like, some of that gets lost. All of that got of, lost, right? Because of the theatrics, right? So, well, all the all, not just because of the theatrics, but also the racism that exists in media. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and, and, and let me just say this: um, I thought 
it, the little bit of bits and pieces I got, I thought it was well organized. I think that people like, well, why are they blocking the interstate? Because they need to get your goddamn attention. Absolutely. I love actions Absolutely. like that. And Absolutely. a lot of people don't, but I really yeah, I, love I, I, that. That was, like that was one of mine. <laughs> right. I love I love actions yeah. like that because they need to get your fucking attention because yeah. you're not listening any uh, other way. Because uh, if I don't shut down a, a U.S. major highway, right. you're not going to give a damn. No. Right. You need to be uh, uncomfortable, pissed off. You need to be as mad as I am. Right. right? I totally and in order agree. for you to be as mad as I am, is I, I got to disrupt your day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I gotta piss you so off. So things like that, I I get. But like I said, with with, I could tell there was some um, disjointedness with that particular sure. <laughs> protest. For sure. And that was and, I mean, and that's human nature, right. right? So like we all have different approaches, different ways. And so a part of what I what I try to do as a, as a leader. Um, and somebody who was directing protest actions was trying to make sure that folks use their natural talents. Right. Carlo's natural talent is to create spectacle. And spectacle is necessary in order for folks to know why you're mad. Right. So you, you you use that person, right, as a commercial. That's your commercial, right? You need marketing. Comic relief. Right. And so so that person creates spectacle and folks know why you're mad, right? And then you need folks who have a strategy mind. To do things that te- that that get up on that get all that all that energy that this person then got and do something with it right so now y'all pissed off and mad come with me and let me teach you you know how to do a how to do a direct action right. how to resist who we need to be calling let's get folks out of jail let's fundraise etc so you put people where they go. So Carlos naturally got more attention because Carlos main go Carlos got a uh, he was finishing his bachelor's degree in theater at UAB. Carlos is an, is an actor, he's dramatic like that is that's his character. And that's who he is at his core. Like I've seen him at home and out in the right. that that he don't put on forget that is exactly who he is, right? And I think uh a part of what you were saying earlier about mentorship, I think um if folks um, get proper mentorship and learn other strategies, right. they can be more effective. Because if all you got in your toolkit is a hammer, every problem look like a nail, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so I think uh, teaching some folks to get different tools, right. and, and that'll be beneficial for somebody like Carlos. He need different sets of yeah, tools. Because like, and again, like I, I respect the 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 heart of the work, but some of the work just seems kind of haphazard, and it, I think it also becomes antithetical to. The cause you're trying to fight, right? You know, and that there were a whole bunch of things with uh, with different news reports saying this and one saying that, and I, you know, but that goes back to what you said earlier, like the ra- the racism embedded in media, and and we didn't control the narrative. I'm gonna be honest, like Hoover. Uh, did a really good job of directing a story that they wanted to direct. Uh, of it course t- it they took did. a long time for us to to to, to get his uh, his mama Miss April's voice out. It took us a long time for uh, folks to really see Emanci. My brother actually made the viral video of EJ uh, as when he was alive, right. with different clips of EJ, and it went viral, shared a million times. And so my little brother was his friend, right? And so they had like these little conversations. My brother was pulling his conversations from right. online. Like uh, to to show folks that that boy was a human being, so you know it took a while for us to get that out because essentially he was a killer who had shot up the mall and had a gun and he had killed shot fourteen police officers and started <laughs> you know ran down and raped little girls right, like right. you know it became it became a story it became a monster the big right? black man right right I you know I so you know the the, the problem that I have with all of this is the fact that. If he were white, come on, it would be a different situation. Absolutely. If he was white, 
then he would have had a right to have a gun in the public Hands place, down. which all white people seem to have that right, and black Hands people down. don't. And, and we live in Alabama, and Alabama is a like we can we can carry in Alabama. Like that's this, what this is a, a love my gun Second Amendment state, the, like, unless you black, right? Because there there are separate rules mm-hmm. for us, you know, and 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 so like. I just wish there were there was a way where like the the nouveau protesters and the old protesters could come together and like yeah. fight on the same battlefield. Yeah. Because, you know, for me, a lot of stuff that I saw Carlos done was a little bit distasteful. And then again, when you get with Frank, it's just a no go for me. That whole super friends thing was a joke for me. Like what the fuck? Like we playing Justice Society next. Who gonna be the X Men? You know, you know, where the Avengers right. at. I, um, and, and I will say, um, you know, uh, Frank is somebody who cares deeply about Carlos. Now, th- this is something that I can say about Frank uh, to his credit. He cares about Carlos. The issue with Frank is that Frank has never had to love anybody else. Frank is a lone wolf, and he has been a lone wolf for decades. And so he's never had anybody under his tutelage, anybody to God. And I think because he is a lone wolf and because he doesn't have experience with caretaking and nurturing and developing talent, he essentially created a a mini him. And it just don't work in 2019. Like, you can't be um, loud, volatile, homophobic, transphobic, fucked up, talking shit, and then think folks are just going to love you and follow you. You're going to end up with, you know, 300 votes. uh... And we're going to go on break. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to break it. This is what I'm going to tell you on this break. Anyway, we'll be back. Peace. Do you have an active sex life? PrEP is a once-a-day pill that prevents HIV and is now available at the Living Well PrEP Clinic on the south side of the hub. PrEP is safe for men and women who have active sex lives and want to decrease their chances of contracting HIV. For more information about PrEP and the Living Well PrEP Clinic, call 205-324-9822 or go to www.gcpm.com and click on appointments. Or if you just need to get tested, call us. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to, uh, let me say this. I almost said Sign Crack Different Day. That's my trashy podcast. I need to send you a link to that. Uh, we talk about all types of garbage. Yes. <laughs> what you done brought me on this small people shit for? Because you, you small that, people, doctor. You should have brought me on the hood shit. Doctor Files. I'm a, I'll bring you on the hood. The hood shit is really hood shit. Just know that. I'm just going to tell you. Same crap different day. You can search yeah. it on your on all the, it's, it's index. It's it's garbage. But anyway, so uh, this last section, I want to talk about the Democratic primary. Um, when they first announced the five hundred and thirty-two people who are running, um, this is a comment that I made that got some pushback from some of my white friends. I do not want to have to vote for another old white man. That sounds racist. No, it's not racist. I'm tired of old white men. People, uh, there are other people. You who sound can, like my friend Dawes. Dawes <laughs> is 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 so. Yeah. I'm tired of them. Like, yeah. and, and, and let, me, let me just say this. I, I say I'm tired of them. I am tired as, of them. As I post my whiskey. As I post some of this sex and uh, single malt uh, whiskey, <laughs> Irish whiskey. Yes. Um, I, there are other people who can do shit other than old white men. White men, period. So I damn sure didn't want any old white men to be our next president. And there's nothing against old white men, but we've had 44 of you motherfuckers. Like, seriously, that uh, enough is enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the, the, the field has gotten so crowded, people get out, other people get in, and 
so let me just say this. So if my dream ticket right now is Elizabeth Warren and Andrew Gillum. Okay. If, that's a decent ticket. That's, uh, that's a decent ticket. Oh, uh, Stacey, I really Stacey. I love it. But Stacey's like, fuck y'all. Y'all kiss my ass. Stacey <laughs> worked her ass off and got that election snatch. And she was like, bitch. <laughs> bitch no. You can do everything right. <laughs> right, right. All the organizers. We finna fix this shit. Right. That's, that's so you know, she, 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 yeah, she, she trying to fight voter suppression. Right. She finna go with, with, with holding Obama on this, on this, on this voter suppression and gerrymander mm. bullshit. But my, my perfect ticket would be Elizabeth Warren. And Andrew Gillum, and here's why. And no, I also, that's a decent thing. Well, so like again, strategy and tactic. Like the re, there are a lot of reasons Hillary Clinton lost 2016. Oh, a lot it. of reasons. Talk about. It. But you know her biggest reason? Her fucking vice presidential candidate. Who, who the was? fuck? It, right. Who the fuck even knows who he is today? Who Tim Kaine was his oh, name. Oh, Tim Kaine. Oh yeah. I was like, nobody, is? nobody knows who the fuck he is. Yeah. And so here's the thing, like. Um, so full disclosure, my husband still watches RuPaul's Drag Race. I hate that bitch. I think she's she's the the gay <laughs> Candace Owens. Um, she do a whole bunch of fuckery and bullshit yeah. on that show against black people, and I just don't yeah. rock with that bitch no yeah. more. She cannot come to the to the to the picnic. <clears throat> but there was one episode where. Everybody was like playing kumbaya, like you in the competition. All of a sudden, well, we're not gonna talk about each other. We're gonna play by these rules. This is war, and we need to fight war. So when the Democratic candidates first came out, times we all gonna play together. Well, no, that was, that was Cory Booker. Co- that was that was that was uh, I, he, uh, good old Cory. He ain't never been on my top five list. Never, <laughs> never. I don't. I don't trust him. I don't trust the people who are too fucking middle of the road. I just don't did not rock with him. But that Facts. that I just that was too much for me because this is where y'all duke it out. Like I love a good debate. I love a good scrap. Mm-hmm. But the problem is after the scrap is over, you bitches coalesce behind the winner. Mm-hmm. And that's what we that's one of the things we didn't do in twenty sixteen. I mean, well she won a great candidate. I mean, well, truth be told. Let me say this. I you know, people have their opinions about her. She's not as bad as the motherfucker that we got. So whether you liked her or not, there's no way you're going to say she's worse than this motherfucker. Yeah. So that's an argument that I don't even argue with people on. No, right. none of them were perfect candidates. Yeah. And I didn't put the, the black people in Vermont don't like Bernie. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like it's the niggas in the South who like Bernie. Right. The people in North do not, the black people in North do not rock with Bernie, for no, real. For sure. So there is never a perfect candidate. But her biggest whole power was finding Tim Kaine from Virginia to be your vice presidential candidate. Mm-hmm. I feel that during the primaries, you duke it out, take everybody down you can, and then your job as the nominee is to find a vice president that can coalesce all the rest of the people that you For pissed sure. off. That's what 45 now did with Pence. Yeah. Republicans weren't rocking with 45 for real. Them motherfuckers already had planned, well, he gonna have some handles because this is a loose cannon. So what do we do? Let's do Mike Pence. Everybody like Mike mm-hmm. Pence. Good old and, homophobic. Right. Good old go, Christian. Right. The yep. eyeliner wearing <laughs> used to be gay. Ooh. Anyway. <laughs> All right. <laughs> But that's what you do. And we mm-hmm. she should have found somebody else. She could have found one of them Castro boys. She could have found somebody black. Anything would have helped her other than milk toast ass Tim <laughs> K. Milk toast ass. Milk toast ass Tim K. So oh. so like so like literally like 
if if Elizabeth Warren gets the ticket, she needs to have somebody of color on that ticket with her sure. in order to push her through on a progressive note. And Gillum is pretty progressive. Yeah. Uh, and he's not looked at as a progressive crackpot like some people look at her as. I mean, I love her. I love her thought processes. But it's going to take something more than her to get there. Yeah, I agree. Who, who, what's your thoughts on that? No, I, I actually like that ticket, uh, the uh, Warren Gillum ticket. I didn't think about that, but that's I think that's a good ticket. But I, I also think the conversation has to go back to what do we want to see for this country, right? So what do we want to see uh, as, as it relates to policy around climate, around gun control, around public safety, right. et cetera, right? And so that's the conversation. So for me, I'm looking, um, when I'm thinking about who would be her running mate, I'm thinking who would push her on issues that she kind of weak in. So uh, Liz is 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 a policy genius, and I don't know how she got Poe folks thinking she was Poe, that <laughs> motherfucker, a professor at Harvard. I don't know how. Right. I don't know who, who she didn't treat. Right, right, right. But uh, Liz knows policy. But I think now it's time for her to find somebody who knows people. And so, I mean, an Abrams Warren ticket would be incredible. I don't, I don't I know would, how feasible I it would is. Stacey, I mean, Abrams Warren would be my ticket if I thought Stacey would run. She's well, not, she she said that uh, if she was called, she would. So she was. She said well, the other day that if she was called, she would. Well, it's um, always a black woman first, right? And then it's a black man first. <laughs> so right. if I thought that she would run, that would be my ticket for sure. Yeah, that put her with anybody. Yeah. Because, I know. mean, she ran a campaign that was unlike anything I've ever yeah. seen before. And also the way that she galvanized, uh, like, a, a nation around a Georgia race. Right. A Georgia, Georgia race. race. Right. Bitch. 48. Georgia. <laughs> 48. Bitch. No, ain't nobody checking for you hoes besides Atlanta. Right. The, the motherfuckers trying to <laughs> run and go. 40, 48. Trying to get they grew back in Atlanta. <laughs> right. Ain't nobody checking for Georgia. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. So, I, I think for me, that's, that's an ideal ticket. But I I mean, you're right. This damn Democratic uh, primary, it definitely got to be parsed down, and we got to figure out what they doing. And it's too many of them motherfuckers. They it's all saying the same shit. I, some of them finna fall out because they broke now. All they ask, but shit, even Biden ain't got no money. So, but this goes, but uh, so like the injection of cash into these races bothers me mm -hmm. because I just don't think that races should be won or lost based on money. I agree but, because like. When when people are paying money to you, then they're gonna want something in return. I, I it's agree. The ultimate quid pro quo. I agree. So like when so when you get money from just say like the farmers union or pack, then you got to give them motherfucker something. Like I really I wish that we would take money out of it. Yeah, I, it's it's a candidate running um who's uh. Uh, a, a venture capitalist uh, Andrew Yang And he talks about ways to pull money Out of uh, elections Literally uh, parsing it down To a, a point where only uh, Every citizen gets Something like a, a voucher And that's what you can donate to candidates etc So right. like, like ideas like that have been Been touted uh, You know ideas about what it means to do a popular vote, getting rid of electoral college, all of those ideas right. are coming out. So it's, it's a lot of ideas about how we can re reform elections. But I think uh, I'm 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 definitely in agreement with the fact that money in politics has been a, a damn evil. Yeah, it is. It's a terrible. It's terrible. It's yeah. absolutely terrible. So like, so looking at the rest of the uh, the rest of the pack, uh, what are your thoughts on Joe Biden? <sighs> Lord. Pojo. That's all you can say. Pojo. 
Joe is a fucking mess. And, I mean, honestly, I wish he wouldn't have ran. I think a lot of folks told him not to run. Um, but the Joe being uh, the white fucking patriarch that he is believed that clearly nobody can beat Trump but him. Right. And, I mean, a lot of polls suggest that he is uh, favorable in beating Trump. So I think the, the electoral data backs that shit up. But at the same time, he ain't likable. He not fundraising right now. He fucking is not well-versed in fucking shit because he fucking up all over the place. He, he fucked up today with that weed thing. I'm, Did you see that? Uh-uh, whatever. He was saying that he's not for legalizing oh, marijuana because it's, <laughs> it's a gateway drug. Joe. He might as well drop Y'all, out now. You're about Gateway to dr- that's some 1990 he, shit. He needs to drop out that's now. Like hell. literally, Joe does not have a snowball's chance in hell of becoming president at this point. He was he was the front runner at one point, and I think um, which is why Trump was nervous because um, going up against a, a former vice president scared him. But I think uh, with with impeachment on his ass, and especially after that damn Marie Yovanovitch testimony the other day, man, shit, man. You know my favorite thing out of that testimony was that that meme that came up that said women are emotional and had her like with, with cold water coursing through her veins <laughs> and then had um black bread Kavanaugh looking like he about to cry right like that's how you handle she fucking worked they ass yeah she fucked them up and and I mean was a credible witness knew what the fuck she was talking yeah, about on point had served the fucking I was like up. okay Marie I see you yeah she fucked them all the way up yeah but um but yeah Joe is a mess. And I, again, I, you know, and this is what I say about all of them. I may not like the bitch, but if they get the nomination, guess who I'm going to go vote for? I might go I pick up you. some people and take them too. That's just the way that it works. I hear you. You know, because again, a lot of progressives didn't do that in 2016 right. with Bernie. I mean, I think, and ultimately, I will say this. I. Trump winning has been detrimental to, to, to us, but Trump winning is the only thing that could have gotten black folks to see that this country ain't for you. Uh, nothing could have pushed you to see that this country ain't fucking with I you agree. like a motherfucker on stage telling you, fuck you, fuck brown folks, fuck gay folks, fuck your community. I don't give a damn. Right. Fuck, you, fuck you Mexicans. I'm building a wall. <laughs> I can shoot you hoes and go I still Go back to your country. Right, bitch. Yeah. So I think nothing could have pushed us and challenged us and, and 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 pissed us off more than a Donald Trump. So I'm I'm I mean it's a it's a beauty and a curse. I get pissed every time I see that orange bitch. Like, <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck have we done? Yeah, I mean seriously. So so we agree on on Warren. We agree on Biden. What about Kamala? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let me tell you. So one of my white gay friends uh, early on was saying that. The tickets should be Buddha Judge and Harris. Wait a minute, we'll talk about that motherfucker in a minute. Should be Buddha Judge and Harris. And his thing was Buddha Judge would get the progressive and the gays, and Kamala would get the black people. And I'm like, that bitch right uh, is popping a good four or five with black people. Like she's not gonna get the black vote out for you. That's not the way that that's gonna work. And I was I, literally, I'm like, see, this is what happened when white people think they know us better than we know ourselves. Kamala Harris was not going to galvanize the black vote, no. period, no. at all. No. Now, I think she'd make a good running mate and maybe we'd get a little. You know what her problem was? Her problem was the same problem I got. 
She got rest in bitch face. <laughs> no, seriously, she got rest in bitch face. Oh. She's she's a prosecutor. Yeah. And she's got that steely stare. Mm-hmm. My friend Derek was like, you know, she need to loosen up a little bit. Like, I ain't never seen the bitch laugh. <laughs> like, <laughs> like seriously. I saw a dance the other day when uh, they had a, that little uh, rally. Yeah. She was giving a little, a little, little, little shoulder. Laugh. Little shoulder. <laughs> but yeah, but she. Giving a little AKA scroll. Right. Like, I got rest in bitch face, so I get that. And if you don't yeah. know me. So people are Thank you a bitch. Oh you know yeah, people, yeah, I, yeah, I walk past people all the time. They're like, "Smile, it can't be that bad." I'm like, "I ain't got no reason to smile, so my face is relaxed, and right. that's what the relaxed face right. looks like." You know, I'm relaxed. You sound just like Dominique. I, <laughs> I got resting bitch face, and I know I do. But um, <laughs> but yeah, she got resting bitch face and trying to get people to like her. You that don't work. <laughs> None see, of you got resting bitch face, and you ain't just, you you got about thirty motherfuckers who got to listen to you. Right. She got uh, she got to galvanize millions of right. people to right. believe that she right. that right. she gonna do what the fuck. They and do. I don't give a shit if you listen to me or not. Right. She trying to get y'all to listen to her. Like right. fuck y'all, I don't get nothing about you. Right, your damn so, opinion. So, so my piece on Kamala, right, is that one Kamala will be the victim. Of, of racism and sexism And how it plays out Right So that's one piece Knowing that Massage Noir Is going to play out With mm-hmm. Kamala Harris mm-hmm. Motherfuckers will hate her blackness And they will hate her womanness mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. shit gonna play out mm-hmm. The second piece Is Kamala's a former prosecutor Whoa That's a motherfucker Who was sending motherfuckers To, to jail. jail Let's be very clear That yeah. is not your homegirl That is not your friend She ain't auntie That is not auntie Maxine not That is a auntie. motherfucker Who will send your black ass You like that blunt up You going to jail She the evil stepmama So that's that's a conversation That got to be had Cause that ain't your homegirl Yeah that's not your homegirl And so I think All of that informs How I approach Approach of Kamala Harris, yeah. and I think she is. I think she's smart as a whip. She'd be a perfect attorney general, and was she, a, a, a state attorney. She was a per, she, she was an incredible state she'd attorney. She'd be a great U.S. attorney general. I, she'd be a great U.S. Secretary I, 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 of State. I can, I can see that. I can see her doing all of she, that. She could do any of that. I the bitch her, ain't gonna be president. You not finna be president. <laughs> she's not finna be president. And and and, and it is nothing. Is and also I just don't in many ways don't want no black woman to suffer under what that's gonna be like for for millions of motherfuckers to be threatening you talking about you ain't shit talking about they gonna beat your ass and when they see you yep. in a rally yeah. and, uh, gun threats and da 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 man I'm, I, it's that a lot. type of shit because we have a history of this country hating the shit out of us yeah so I mean and I already hate women in general absolutely and so I I think that's now go on to brother Pete let me hear your let me, let, me, let me hear about Brother Pete Because you know that's your family Little Bo that's, Pete That's your family That is not my family <laughs> We ain't got no trees That's kin folks No he is a problem And so like And so I've had several conversations with white is, people do you, th- do you think uh, he is a problem Do you think white gays see him as a problem No oh, they see him as a savior Absolutely And the only reason why they have voted for him Is because he's white and he's gay mm-hmm. Let me say that mm-hmm. um, And they won't admit it Because he has no other qualifications no. He has never run, won a regional or statewide race He's the mayor of a small ass city like South Bend Who has a problem with race in their own fucking Absolutely. police department mm-hmm. He we got all these degrees and that's fine But that says nothing about you being a leader no. When they did that doggone um, uh, town hall With them black women from South Bend Ooh 
Him oh, and that's it. Nigga. They ate his ass. They ate his ass. Like he Damn, wanted. I gotta go back and watch that. <laughs> Look, they ate his ass <laughs> like he liked for it to be eight. <laughs> I gotta go back and watch <laughs> they, that. They were not playing the radio Ooh, with him. Oh, I gotta go back. They weren't playing the radio with him or that damn sheriff mm-hmm. or the police chief. Mm-hmm. They went out. But he didn't have any answer. See, I'm like this. Even if your answer is I don't know, I need a fucking answer. Mm-hmm. It, even if your answer is I don't know. I need an answer. Mm-hmm. They had no answers. Mm-hmm. Like they couldn't have. They had no answer why that man got shot. Mm-hmm. They had no answer as to why this motherfucker ain't lost his job. They have mm-hmm. any of those answers. But then, but then what got me was then the um, motherfuckers decide they're gonna weaponize blackness. Mm-hmm. So then they went, well, you know, older black people ain't gonna vote for you because you gay. Being gay is Alicia words, bro. Mm-hmm. Cause you ain't shit. Let's yeah. start with the let's fact that you ain't that. shit. Let's start there mm-hmm. because you have not. You you have not. Helped us at all, mm-hmm. so we black people tend to vote with people who have helped them. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm pretty sure after Lincoln freed us, we were Republican for a minute. Mm-hmm. Then we saw this Democrat shit, and mm-hmm. we went to the Democrats. Right. So you know, there is no, um, we just gonna blindly follow people. You got to do something mm-hmm. for us. He ain't did shit for us, mm-hmm. and then for. All the foolishness and fuckery that they said that campaign has done. They had those stock images from Kenya. Oh, I saw that. Oh, <laughs> I'm God. like, what the fuck? Lord, Why? Pope Pope Little Pope Pete. And, and, and <laughs> all he can say is, well, I'm I'm a minority because I'm gay. Oh, get the fuck out of here with that. Yeah. Get out of yeah. here with that. And you know, I mean, Pope. And and it's it's complicated, right? Because on the one end you want to make sure it's not homophobia, but on the second end it's you get not. But but on uh, right on the other end. Now let me hold on. Let me say this. Let me say this. There may be some. There there is for sure. Some for thrown. sure. For sure. There is some thrown in there. But just as like with, with President but he Obama, also ain't shit. Like that's he the, also ain't, ain't shit and done shit. Yeah. So that's, that's the thing. Yeah. Like like when I hear white people trying to compare him to um, President Obama, mm-hmm. I'm like that was Senator Obama, mm-hmm. not Mayor Obama. Mm-hmm. He was Senator right. Obama and won a national uh, uh, a statewide, statewide election. election. Right, right, right. You haven't even won a statewide election, election bro. Right. Like you might as well be the dog catchers for another thing, but then I, it's that whole white male thing again. Mm-hmm. Like just because I exist, I own everything. Everything should be mm-hmm. mine, and that's not how you're going to get elected as president. He hasn't done any work, uh, and, th- and don't get me wrong, there are other crap pots like that Marianne Williamson woman, batshit crazy. <laughs> I would love to smoke some weed with her. Me too. Let I me would tell you love me and Mary, Mary Ann. Mary Ann. Let me tell you. Cause back in the day, now I'm gonna tell you when folks love Mary Ann. Back when Coach Carter came out and that was that uh poem that uh <laughs> that damn uh uh what's that damn poem she wrote? Um uh, phenomenal some shit What that poem is I can't even remember uh, Oh no I don't know that bitch Like she get high she, All the time She wrote And I ain't mad But I don't oh. need her To be president Andrew Yang Got some good ideas He do But I mean Like some of that stuff Is not gonna go And So okay So let's talk about this The You know You, you said that you Needed somebody To push Elizabeth Further along when you said that, did you mean further to the left, or did you mean just push her to get more I, people so, liking her? So I think so. One, Liz is pretty. She's, she's pretty, pretty left. left. She's pretty left. Uh, she she is a fierce capitalist, um, which which you know ha- comes with a whole set of issues, right? But I think 
Liz is somebody who knows how to one win national elections. She is also somebody who is informed by policy, but she needs somebody to make her personable. Absolutely, yeah. because the thing about it is that she is still a stuffy wonk. Harvard motherfucking law professor. <laughs> She's a wonk, right? <laughs> so at the end, and, and you know. Uh, Absent the cheating husband, she's Hillary Clinton for real. I, absolutely. So, 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 <laughs> I'm so weak. Uh, so, so I think that personal that that personability has to be brought yeah. out, and she needs somebody who is already likable and personable to kind of to amplify her shit. Uh, and you know, because I, I, I smart ass white folks, that's cool. But when I get sick of your ass, I'm sick. I'm sick of your I'm ass. Sick, yeah. So I need somebody who I can be like, well, yeah, she do got blah blah blah. Who gonna you know come with that shit we need? So at the end of the day, like if you're listening to this and you aren't registered to vote, take your ass out and go get registered. Yeah, if you live if you live in Alabama, you can register to vote online. Go Absolutely. get registered. Take your ass out and vote. And I don't care who you vote for, especially in this primary. I care who you vote for. Now, in the I primary, give a damn. In the primary, I don't give a shit. I don't give a well, and honestly, let me just say that we live in Alabama. Our vote don't really matter. <laughs> yeah, on on national elections, it matters in local elections. Right, right. Um, but let your voice be heard, regardless as to whether mm. it gets drowned out or not. Absolutely. I think it's important for all of us to be heard. But at the end of the day, once this primary battle is over, mm-hmm. whomever becomes the Democratic nominee, we should put all of our shit aside. And go vote for him because the problem last time was we had too many people Come on. who were still trying to vote for Bernie. You're not in the race. Just not in the race. This is what you got. Let's put some lipstick on this pig and make it do what it do. <laughs> Literally, that's what you have. I feel it. I feel but it. You know, feel like, it. But even the thing was, they're not far left enough. I mean, that's what I did with Doug Jones. Essentially held my nose and I was like, bitch, the pedophile or Doug Jones? The pedophile or Doug Jones? Bitch, Doug Jones ass using the four little girls narrative like he the motherfucking savior of black folks and civil rights Bruh. or the pedophile. Bruh. Who I go with. Let me right? tell you something about Doug Jones. Doug Jones would not be reelected to, oh, that, no. to that post, oh, no. and I don't care. He's been playing like middle of the road since he's been in Congress and all this other good stuff, and that's all cute and fine. But he will not be reelected no. as the senator from the state of Alabama. No, he won't. And w- truth be told, they could have ran anybody but Roy Moore and would have beat him. Oh yeah, they could have ran like Trigger. And he, he he won literally because his opponent was shitty, uh, the worst of the worst. Just like the guy in ten, and uh, and here's how you know that. Just like the new governor of uh, Kentucky, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. you he, the guy he won because his 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 opponent, opponent was shitty. And you know it because the Republicans won all of the down ballot races. This has nothing to do with Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with the Democratic Party uh, mm-hmm. uh, thing being be- better. It has not. I hate and this. I hated the narrative that they gave Doug Jones' victory to black people. Black people showed up. We we showed up, but you but know all, black folks always showed up. But you, but you yeah, know, who, block, but you know, women. but you know who got him in? Those twenty thousand Republicans that were like, you know what? This is a bridge too far, right? Because them motherfuckers are in lockstep. They're in lockstep That's all true. the fucking time. But it's about twenty thousand motherfuckers who was like, you know what? Mm, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna be able to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, I gotta sleep at night. I got a mm-hmm. daughter. I I'm not gonna be able mm-hmm. to do this. And until 
people learn that because honestly, if 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 there was a a red, I mean a blue shift in 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 Kentucky, they would have more blue people down ballot. You had that one office because you had such a fucking shitty candidate. Mm-hmm. The like, I can't vote for this motherfucker. Like, mm-hmm. I won't vote. Well, look, wherever y'all at, when when K. Ivy come back up, y'all bring y'all ass on out there. Shit. Yeah. Oh. Y'all gonna leave K. K. Ivy. Good old K. Yeah. Grandma K. Whatever, auntie. <laughs> anyway, so look, this kind of wraps us up. This has been fun. We're gonna Thank do you. this again. Absolutely. Uh, I, I I I like this particular podcast because I can actually talk. Because on the other one, I get cut off all the time. <laughs> hey, Quana. Hey, dude. Also, we. <laughs> <laughs> they they are a mess. Like we are an absolute mess. But uh you got anything you wanna say before we um I just wanna thank off? you for inviting me and I mean I've had fun and you are we brilliant can- and talented <laughs> and it's it's dope. So I, I appreciate it and thank you for this good liquor. <laughs> yes Lord. I, I could always talk my shit with some good liquor. Hey, that's how you that's how you Absolutely. make the words flow. Absolutely. Well look, this is it for this episode of uh let me say this. Thank y'all again for listening. Share this with a friend. If you have any questions, you always can inbox me on my Facebook page. Uh or just um to say hey when you see me in the streets but we are out and uh, we'll talk to y'all later peace <laughs>